0: Hello and welcome to Tekka Masala, a technology podcast from an Indian perspective. Uh, I am Aditya Mahadev, and along with me, I have sake
1: uh, Hi there.
0: Hey, so... Sakit blogs at volturo.com and
1: Sakit, you want to tell what your blog is basically about? Well, I've been blogging since around three and a half years and uh, around a year back, I lost all my posts and after that, uh, I have uh, refashioned it and fashioned it as a microblog, essentially aggregating all my social media activity in one place, but uh, primarily, most of my online communication happens via Twitter and uh, I can be followed uh, uh, at twitter.com slash volturo.
0: At World yes, and uh, if you are on Twitter as well, I am at uh, AC Mahatre, and we'll put all these links on on the blog that we're going to have. We'll have this on theindicast.com as well as if we want to have another blog, a dedicated blog for TKM, we'll decide about that at a later point. Uh, but uh, all your references will be, all the episode notes and all those things will be available at theindicast.com. Okay, so let's get directly into the stories, uh, Saket.
1: First up, we have a fresh rumor about Google's G-Drive. As you're aware, I mean, uh, Google has been uh, rumored to be launching several products, and G-Drive was something which surfaced around, I, I, I guess, more than two years ago. Right. And subsequent to that, we haven't really heard much about it. So there have been fresh uh, rumors about it now, primarily because uh, somebody found the G G-Drive icon in a CSS file on Google Apps, subsequent to which, when Google released Picasa for the Mac, they had a menu option called Send to Google Web Drive, which strangely does not work. though. So, so <laughs> That's
0: because the product of, doesn't exist as of
1: now. Yeah, as of now, yes. But uh, subsequent to that, uh, a localization file of Google Pack, which is essentially a set of software Google bundles together, discovered uh, an entry for Google Drive, which essentially is uh, yeah. categorized as an online backup and storage service, and which they claim will store photos, music, documents, and allow people access from uh, PC, Mac, web, or mobile. So, I mean, this pretty much looks like, uh, I mean, Google's answer to Microsoft Live Mesh or Apple Mobile Me, because that is what cloud computing has um, done to the landscape as of now. everybody is launching online backup and storage services.
0: Right, and I, I, I remember that G Drive probably had come around, as you said, two years back when Gmail had launched. And then there was this Firefox extension which allowed you to store it on your Gmail basically, right? And if
1: yeah, there still is a Firefox extension which allows you, I think, to map your Gmail account as a Drive or the Windows and then you can keep storing files there. But that solution is pretty much a hack. It is not officially endorsed by Google. Right, But right. G Drive would uh, be, it would essentially introduce uh, common people to cloud computing. Because what happen- what's happening here is that MobileMe is a paid service. And live mesh is something I don't think anybody will be able to get a hang of because, I mean, I don't know, it's so poorly marketed. <laughs> so but with G Drive, the, ex- the expectation is that uh, because it is Google, it is bound to become globally uh, popular and uh, make uh, a cloud computing a lot more mainstream.
0: Okay, but uh, you know what? Uh, Microsoft also has its serv- own service called SkyDrive, but but yeah, then, that is
1: I think a part of Live Services uh, initiative. Yeah,
0: but exactly, and that particular service is nothing but a, you know you got to upload your files using a web interface. So
1: no, that, that's really bad.
0: Yeah, that 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 sucks, dude. I mean, that's really bad. I feel. And I hope that Google doesn't do the same thing out here. I just hope that they have something like a network drive, you know, something, a a drive that appears in your Windows Explorer or something like that where you can just drag and drop your files.
1: From what I've heard, apparently they would want a Google Docs-like interface on the web and on the PC or on the Mac, they will allow you to download some software which might uh, map this uh, property as a drive in your PC or your Mac.
0: Right, I think it will be, because because think about it, right, because it'll, when you are editing a document it will be easier if I have an option to save the file directly on the network drive, instead of yeah, saving yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. saving yeah, a copy yeah.
0: on my local. So, I, But the other thing is that, the other
1: point that I was thinking about this is, how is Google going to monetize this? That remains to be a question for a lot of Google services, I mean, apart from Gmail and their search property. Most of other Google products are not really monetized uh, as of now. And some of them may not even get monetized, it's just about uh, Google wanting to have uh, all of the internet uh, using its services and maybe free is the way to go.
0: The only other way that I think, when I say this, Google will have to step aside from their ad revenue model and probably go into premium storage or something.
1: They already are, I think uh, Gmail has a premium storage option. In fact, uh, which you can pay to upgrade your mailbox size and I think which ups it up to 25 GB from the current 2 or GB or whatever. Exactly. And, uh,
0: so something like that will be same. great, right? Yeah. I mean, 2 GB free. Yeah. If you want 10 GB, pay pay us $2 a month or something like that.
1: And that's how it will work. And I think if they import it to the entire Google Apps platform, then this can work out to be a very good collaborative drive for several people and you know things like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Let's just see as to what happens right now. But it's just funny as to how Google... Does something and uh, the the product has not even launched or we don't even know that there is going to be a product and already the hype has started already people have started started talking about it. You so know?
1: Fanboyism has always existed. So <laughs>
0: it's <to> <laughs> exactly, I mean anything Google or Apple does gets so much coverage and and I and I feel you know sorry for Microsoft because they really have to go out and prove their
1: product etc. To get noticed uh, it's not really that they have the entire windows marketplace at their uh, command but it's just that they can't uh, figure out how to make a good deal of it
0: moving on since we're talking about all these things office live and windows live services are going to m- be merged under kumo uh,
1: a service uh, called yeah, P- yeah, yeah that statement from microsoft says that uh, windows live office live which includes office live workspace as well as office live small business uh, these will be integrated into a new service uh, served to a single destination so what do you think about
0: this? Oh, well, it, this is just a rebranding exercise, okay? They are just going to merge all those things so that it is available at one place and just call it Kumo. Now, what does Kumo mean? It, it is spelled as K-U-M-O. Now, what what it yeah. means is cloud or spider yeah. in Japanese, yeah. okay? Yeah. But, but the thing is that why... Because, see, it's going to be, after all, called Microsoft... Microsoft's document or Microsoft document service or something like that, you know, similarly. Nobody, yeah, yeah. I don't see people calling it Kumo.
1: Yeah, yeah there, are, there are these two branches of people working at Microsoft. A section of them want really cool names to happen. I mean, like somebody, uh, uh, the, the name proposed uh, for the Windows presentation layer was Avalon. Then uh, somebody uh, renamed it to Windows Presentation Foundation. Uh, so similarly, <laughs> soft uh, mini computers were initially named origami and uh, they, they renamed it to something equally boring and dull. So I think, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if that eventually happens to Kumo, but uh, what I don't understand here is that Microsoft uh, has not really shown that they have a clear strategy on branding or naming or anything for that matter. Yeah. And, uh, uh, they have a tendency to just uh, catch hold of a keyword and then start blatantly naming everything that they come across with that keyword. I mean, back in 2001, it was .NET. Uh, it was Microsoft had unveiled this uh, development platform called dot net, and with that they started everything naming everything net I mean they were about to uh, rename Windows at uh, the operating system uh, the server side of it to windows Server dot net oh, really? the product eventually got called windows two thousand and three, but that is what <laughs> the idea was then so i mean i, I mean the, these guys are crazy i mean they'll just catch hold of a keyword and they'll start naming it i'm uh, uh, using that left and center. i mean even windows live i mean it is a set of online services as of now but they still have products like windows live writer and uh, so so they're even branding desktop apps software with the same uh, um, i mean uh, moniker like windows live messenger and all of that so uh, yeah. and then there is this uh, other uh, brand called azure which was uh, recently announced uh, yep. uh, i guess yep. two months back so i don't really know what's happening with all of this so yeah i think i think th-
0: these are just too many names to remember you know yeah, yeah. azure is basically and well, what what is it it's a cloud computing platform right so again yeah. it, has, it has something to do with on the internet as opposed to on on the on the desktop i just think these are just too many words for the consumer to deal with there and in fact in, interestingly mary jo foley who writes on ZDNet, has yeah. that said that the alternative names for the service that is now called Kumo were Bing and Hook. So that those
1: are the, really bad names.
0: Yeah, those were their options. Bing, Hook, or Kumo. I'm happy that they went with Kumo now because at least it has some meaning behind it, right? How are you going to explain Bing or how are you going to explain what Hook is?
1: Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Moving <laughs> on to the next story, uh, Monster.com, the job site, claims to have lost user data. Now, this is something that isn't happening the first time. Uh, there have been at least two prior instances of this. So, Uh I mean... And this is something which is very scary as well because I mean like all of us trust our data to uh, I mean online providers in some or the other way. I mean we have got online email accounts, we've got online okay. accounts for music, photos, all of that. But I mean this, here we're talking about resumes and people's career information. And this is one place where people um, try and include the information truthfully. So I mean I would not be so so scared if somebody uh, like uh, got my profile on let's say Last.fm or Flickr because I wouldn't make that profile so serious, but I mean losing a resume means uh, losing a lot of valuable and valid information, which can then be used for identity fraud.
0: Yeah, I I totally, I mean, I had not thought about this thing is the quality of data that is stored on Monster versus any other services, because I sign up for a lot of services online. But that's a very valid point that you make that the quality of the data that Monster has is going to be the cleanest
1: possible. It will it, it, it be the cleanest possible and the most easily used for uh, ID fraud, things like that. Yeah. Funny part is, one, the Monster also hosts another website called USA Jobs, uh. which is uh, the official US government job site. And data from that has been lost too.
0: Aha! And this is the third time it is happening, which is com- yeah, totally third. surprising, you know, for for a company that completely depends on the data it possesses. To be so careless with it is just mind-boggling. So moving on, the, we missed one of the stories, which is iWork09, which was recently launched by Apple. Um, and its bootleg copies were being pirated online via torrents and all other uh, download mechanisms, contained a Trojan file. This uh, this information was given out by Intego, a maker of virus barrier software and uh, said that all those torrent files have uh, a trojan in it. So be careful. And this this file was already downloaded about 20,000 times.
1: This is scary actually because, I mean, um, mean, no matter how much you try to deny it, I mean, piracy actually is one of the key uh, um, uh, avenues for software to spread. And uh, iWork has a lot of people excited and uh, uh, I mean the Mac is has had picked up over the past couple of years and I- I'm sure that a huge volume of piracy on iWork is happening and this is actually a first I mean like uh, people there used to be Trojans in uh, software which was very obscure and uh, would be likely to be used for um, for for maybe totally different reasons but iWork I 09 is fairly mainstream Mac software and you expect a trojan to be there in in Windows software but I mean a Mac User would really be caught Typically, the they Mac don't know user what to, not, They don't know
0: how to deal with security issues, right, Mac users, because they never yeah. have had to deal
1: with it. It is that because the Mac platform is not so widely attacked. Yeah, uh, yeah. Most Mac users do not have antivirus software running and are more careless about how they, uh, I mean, perceive the computer with respect to a security angle. So, so, so this is very concerning. But just for your information, uh, the trojan decides in. Uh, uh, system library startup items iworks services it, which is the file path uh, to the software from the root of your drive right and, uh, and i think there's uh, a down
0: there's a removal tool available also now
1: yeah which i am sure we'll make the link available in the show notes right and, right
0: right yeah uh, so uh, our okay. advice to
1: the listeners would be essentially to take care while uh, uh, i mean trying anything like this essentially piracy piracy is not a really good thing yeah. but uh, i mean you <laughs> need to take care of security first that's true, that's true, that's true. Uh,
0: so moving on, uh, Amazon Kindle 2 is going to be launched on February 9th. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, well, I'm not really excited because as such, the Kindle is not yet sold in India. Right. But I think uh, uh, e-books are the next big step in personal technology. <laughs> And, I mean, there have been various experiments uh, people have tried with e-book readers, but uh, no e-book reader has really taken off in a big way. Now, the Kindle looks like, uh, I mean, it it definitely will change that. I mean, there's already a Kindle available out on the market, but, I mean, even that uh, isn't so popular as uh, uh, maybe the iPod, but as compared to previous attempts at uh, people releasing e-book readers, the Kindle has been... uh, I mean, a success with respect to Amazon owning a bookstore, so I mean, books being freely available and yeah. so on and so forth. So, but then I mean, we should also
0: it, it, we should also remember that iPod also wasn't popular uh, immediately as it came out. I think it was a second generation iPod that really caught on and then created yeah, this huge yeah. thing. So you never know as to which gadget will really take off because I feel uh, Kindle is 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 backed by Amazon, who has the you know has the world's largest di- digital bookstore. And it has the right infrastructure, I believe. It is the world's largest online store through which uh, Kindle is available. And I think no one else can sell Kindle, right? Only Amazon can.
1: Yes, yes. It is their product. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we definitely love, love to see the Kindle uh, usher in a revolution with respect to e-books. Uh, just how the iPod did uh, when it came to digital music.
0: Yeah, and I think Kindle is also a, the the reason I wanted to talk about this story was I think Kindle is an ideal product for the Indian urban lifestyle. You know, you know what I mean? I mean because uh, all the students, all all business professionals. When I say business professionals, you know, within uh, 22, 35 who travel all all the time from here and there, uh, it, it's just a very handy tool to have all these reference material, all books with you. Um, in just one easy-to-carry device. Because I remember when I was graduating out of college, I had yeah. I had collected about fifteen to twenty, you know, uh, books. And when I wanted to move for my job, transporting these books was a painful thing. I had to pay almost hundred to two hundred dollars to get this shipped. Here. So a, a device like this will,
1: will be awesome. I feel. Yeah, you can read anywhere that you want, and it might even bring back bring people back to reading. I mean, in this digital right. era, books have been pretty much ignored by um, right. I, I don't know <laughs> so uh, this is a very good development.
0: Yeah, plus plus magazine. I mean, printing is becoming so costly. Magazines are going out of uh, circulation because of the printing costs and the distribution costs going up. I think this is an ideal platform. Huh? But he, yeah. I, I should mention that Kindle is only a black and white platform, a black and white uh, service right now. Okay,
1: because apparently uh, the screen. Yeah, so the, that essentially had to be done because I mean, uh, b- with battery life is a major concern on color yeah. screens and high def displays. So, in, in the Kindle shows a very simple black and white, uh, dull uh, display, but I mean, it works well for reading something. That's what it is for, and it also lasts long. So, um, but I, I, I don't think there's technology out in the market which will allow full color Kindle to have the same battery life as the normal Kindle has but i'm sure in the future we might see improvement there
0: yeah things can only get better you know yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so um, yeah what what's the next story the next story is the next story
1: is about uh, google actually uh, again. google uh, google again yes uh, <laughs> google with their chrome browser uh, there's a funny thing which has happened actually uh, there used to be a compatibility issue with google chrome uh-huh. while accessing the hotmail site Right. Now, it appears that the issue did not rest with Google Chrome, but with Hotmail itself. So, be- because Google is actually, uh, Chrome is actually WebKit, and then there are so many other browsers which are also WebKit, for Safari, for example. Right. So, while Hotmail was accessible in Safari, it was not accessible in Chrome. So, uh-huh. essentially, it was something which Microsoft had wrong at their end with respect to compatibility. So, instead of waiting for Microsoft to fix that, Uh, What Google started doing is uh, any uh, mail.live.com URL, Hmm. I mean any URL on that domain, while being accessed with Chrome, uh, Chrome will report itself as Safari. And Uh uh, uh, so essentially they'll spoof Safari to let Hotmail think that uh, it is Safari accessing the browser that will show these sites correctly. And now Hotmail can be browsed well on the Chrome and so on and so forth. But it's very funny um, if you look at the fact that Hotmail is a website which is much more easier to update as compared to Chrome which is a browser which people have to download. And that also says a lot about uh, the confidence Google has in Microsoft uh, with respect (laughs) to keeping their site up to date.
0: Yeah, but okay. And there, there were problems of about sending email from Yahoo mail as well. So but you know, the, the point of view that you have presented is one way of looking at it. But from the other way, which I, sh- I think we should talk about is that didn't Google beta test Chrome before releasing it against Hotmail and uh, and all those things because they should have right this is I think this is a way to make Microsoft look bad. In
1: in a way uh, not that
0: not really. Uh, in, in I a, think uh, because see, you here. are you are releasing a new software. You got to make sure that it works with all the popular sites. And Hotmail is one of the largest. Is probably one of the largest email uh, service providers out there. So shouldn't they have in the first place taken care of all these things before releasing it? And now seeing that Microsoft is the bad guy because they aren't fixing their site. If Microsoft really starts fixing their site for all the products that are being launched.
1: It's going to be tough for those guys, yeah. No, yeah, I fully understand that. But the thing here is that websites are expected to adhere to a set of web standards and so on and so forth. Yeah. I mean, the contention is that if you make your website compliant to the the current web standards, uh, every decent browser worth its salt, and I do not include IE here should be able to uh, render that site correctly. That's
0: true that, you know, Microsoft has not been very, uh, has not been very standards compliant. That is all those W3C uh, standards, I guess. That is the one that you're talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah point well taken. But I, I still feel that they should have done this in their alpha tests and all this things. They should have taken care of all these things internally. And there is no reason about making a public statement saying that Microsoft doesn't allow our software. So this is the way we are going to go into it. I'm a very conspiracy theory sort of a guy. And uh, yeah, 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 it sounds yeah. like
1: that. You're talking more about Google actually and about conspiracies. <laughs> There's a very lag rumor which states that Google might cut 5% of its engineering staff. Aha! Uh-huh.
0: Now now you know the recession has really hit when Google starts laying people off, right?
1: 300 people uh, is what 5% of Google's engineers would work out to be. But considering that Google would lay off 300 engineers, it also assumes that uh, other people would get laid off and then the total number would be something like a thousand rather than a three
0: hundred. I think the engineering staff is the key word here because engineering is a key unit within Google itself and if you start laying those people off because the first thing that you do is lay off the legal staff or the marketing people or the support staff and then go and talk to your engineers and which
1: is what is happening here. Yeah, Google ne- never really has had serious layoffs. I mean, even the hundred or so layoffs that they had earlier were recruiters. Essentially, people responsible for hiring more people. Understand? And, and since <laughs> <and, and>, uh, <laughs> you are not going to hire any more people this season, yeah, exactly. might, might as well lay on the recruiters. <laughs> yeah. And which
0: this 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 rumor follows Microsoft, uh, who is already laid off around, who announced that they'll be laying off around 5,000 people and has started with the first batch of uh, 1,500 uh, layoffs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and there's another rumor associated with this, which states that uh, Microsoft laid off people through an email, which could not be printed or forwarded, and <laughs> was heavily encrypted.
0: Uh, moving on to the next one.
1: Yeah, there's more bad news.
0: There's more bad news, and it just won't stop coming in. Yahoo is shutting down its briefcase service, probably one of the oldest service that Yahoo has. And um, I remember accessing briefcase service using my 56k dial-up modem and trying to upload documents out there.
1: Funny enough, when cloud computing is going big time and Google is launching Google Drive and Microsoft has got LiveMesh and Apple has got Me, Yahoo! which was ahead of everybody's game with a cloud computing storage product back in 2000 or I don't know, 2001. Yeah has to close it down now. Right.
0: <laughs> when things are actually heating up, these guys want to go off the, offline. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I think this is one of the things that uh, Yahoo's brand new CEO, Carol Bartz, has decided to do, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Bartz recently shot down a Yahoo initiative to launch a competing product to the iPhone and the Android phone. Aha. Uh-huh. So, I mean, she, she just said nothing doing. I mean, let's get out of this mess first and let's not uh, do anything new.
0: I think, yeah. So, Carol Bartz, she was earlier the CEO of, is that architecture software, AutoCAD. AutoCAD, AutoCAD Autodesk. Autodesk, who, who has the product AutoCAD, and she, was suppo- she supposedly revived the entire company. And she is yeah, yeah. She, she's a person who gets the company together and gets the company working well again. You know, she's not known to be a person who, who drives innovation or creates new products. She just cleans up the mess.
1: Personally, that, I think uh, Yahoo as a brand, I wouldn't like to see them go go down. So, Bards or no Bards, I'd like them to stay afloat. And if Carol Bards can do something to keep it all together, I, I think um, uh, more power to go.
0: Yeah, see, Yahoo, y- 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 Yahoo is like a grandfather, right? You, n- nobody yeah. likes lo- losing their grandfather because they're nice and all those things. Yahoo is one of the oldest companies on the internet. So nobody would like yes, to see yes. them go. Well, uh, moving on, there is another social network uh, which has launched. But unfortunately, you will not be able to sign up for it. Okay. Yeah, this is uh,
1: <laughs> a private social network as it Yeah, this,
0: this is awesome though. And uh, it, it's called Welcome.
1: W-E-L-C-O-M.
0: It, yeah, it was launched at the World Economic Forum at Davos. It, it is something like a Facebook, but only for important people.
1: Who decides who is important enough?
0: Ah, I know, that is, uh, probably that is decided by World Economic Forum themselves, you know, all these. Okay. Really, these, some of these guys don't know even how to access their own emails. The secretaries get a printout of their emails to them.
1: Yeah, politicians like maybe Vladimir Putin or Kofi Annan. Yeah, exactly. I'm not quite sure how open these people would be to concepts of poking each other and writing on each other's walls. <laughs> poking <each> other. <laughs> Sending vampire bites. <laughs> yeah, vampire bites.
0: <laughs> or or offer a a, a beer or something like that. This is just going to be crazy. I mean,
1: throw a sheep at each other maybe.
0: Awesome, that'll be awesome. But yeah, probably what what they should do is from time to time release interesting screenshots of things happening on Welcome. Probably it'll it'll you know that will yeah, be worth yeah. it.
1: So that'll be funny. That'll be funny.
0: That'll be See <laughs> what. Uh, well, moving on, just a news that happened just recently, just about yesterday, I think, Google apparently flagged the entire internet as malware. And even I experienced this. I Twittered about it. And a lot of people said that, yeah, even they were getting these problems. What basically happened was whenever you enter a search query into Google search, it, yeah. uh, every, every link, every uh, result came up with a line that said that this site might, might be a malware. And once you clicked on it, it took you to a page, the error that so this is something made.
1: which Google does. In fact, I mean, this is something which they do regularly also. Right. Uh, when you search for a keyword and if it finds a website which uh, may have Trojans or things like that, for example, this is more common with uh, sites um, uh, on wares and, you know, things yeah. like that. So they say that the site may harm your computer. So, I mean, if you choose to access it, you do so at your own risk and so on and so forth. Yeah. But it looks like something went wrong with that system. And all of the internet got flagged as malware. I mean, this included sites. I mean, which included Google.com itself. I mean, if you <laughs> search for Google on Google, right. the first result was Google, and there was a tag which said that this site may harm your computer. Aha!
0: Uh-huh. Well, that is the power of Google, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. In another thing that went wrong, or probably it's it's not gone wrong, but Nielsen blocks the reply all button on the outlook across their own company system. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think there's more background on this. Nielsen, which is essentially a research company, after what they claim was years of research, uh, <laughs> they kind of uh, discovered that uh, the problem with the bureaucracy is people doing uh, to people replying to everybody, marking a lot of people in the mail, and then uh, reply-all after reply-all, essentially creating a mess on the company's servers. Yeah. So what they've done is uh, they have declared, uh, released a statement which states that uh, the reply-all feature in Microsoft Outlook, which is the company email software, uh, shall be disabled henceforth. Uh-huh. And anybody who wants to include uh, people will have to carefully uh, include them by hand rather than just uh, doing the reply-all
0: right and and an, and an email was sent by the cio at nielsen saying that it reduces productivity and also creates a, a storage issues and i think the storage issues is the keyword uh, out there they are they're probably you know trying to save some money on the storage costs by avoiding storing multiple copies of the same file
1: you know, yeah so maybe they send a lot of attachments and it might end up uh, I, mean, I mean imagine like a 1 mb attachment Uh, being powered like 15 times over that's like uh, and many such emails being sent out every day
0: yeah exactly so i i think that that is the main driver that is the main driver behind this initiative and i personally agree to the uh, reduction in productivity because there are sometimes people just abuse this system like crazy they just reply all saying and i'm in no way connected to whatever is being said
1: in the email. So,
0: I think it was a really interesting move.
1: Yeah, now when I come to think of it, even I am sick of being marked on every email that I get at work. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I I hear the people.
0: So, coming coming back to something that is happening in India,
1: C D services may soon
0: be available in India, in Delhi to be specific.
1: Uh, Well, I don't know how reliable the story is because, I mean, this is something which was, uh, this is a story released on January 16th, uh, which stated that the, 3G will come to Delhi in 10 days,
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, there is no 3G now, yet. Huh? Yeah, your 10 days are already passed, and as by the looks of it, there is still no 3G. But I mean, considering that uh, in the Indian government is typically slow. Uh, we can still uh, reckon that there will be 3G launching soon in Delhi, and uh, MTNL and BSNL have got no restriction with launching 3G. So uh, essentially, they've been given the go ahead to go ahead and launch this service. And as of now, MTNL does not have any content providers. I mean, it, the the point here is that with what do what would you do with 3G service apart from you know access broadband internet on the move? I and mean, there has to be some sort of content also available from the providers, and that's how it works, uh, broad everywhere.
0: Right, right, right. The the background about this story is that the 3G auction is yet to happen. But MTNL and BSNL being public sector companies don't need to participate in the auction and get a head start of six months or something like that before the private companies enter the market. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to launch the service as yet.
1: It's kind of unfair to the mobile providers, but uh, I don't think they'll be too scared with this because this is something that they've been used to all the time. And MTNL and BSNL and all government agencies, being such poor marketers as they are, uh, I don't think they can hurt the regular mobile phone market share. As far as the urban uh, market is concerned, I think uh, uh, MTNL will be far behind, but maybe they they will make headway with respect to uh, rural areas, which are not being touched by these people anyway. That's true, that's true. Now that we're talking about internet, Google again, the third time over, has launched a set of tools which allow you to measure and inspect your internet connection for uh, different things. So this is an initiative called Measurement Lab, Uh which uh, they have recently launched. While it is not fully ready, there are some tools which have been released. And among... Uh, other tools like speed uh, testing and uh, other diagnostics. Uh, There are also tools which uh, allow you to find out if your your ISP is blocking something. For, for, For example, there's a tool called GlassNost, which uh, lets you know if your ISP is throttling BitTorrent. And there are many other tools which uh, tell you if a certain kind of traffic is being uh, sent over a slower pipe as against a certain traffic being sent over a faster pipe and so on and so forth. So this brings a lot of transparency to the table. I mean, if, you, if they start profiling major uh, ISPs across the right. US and the UK and I don't know, across different countries, this will help consumers uh, decide which ISP to go for. I mean, one which decides what you should watch or, you know, use or one which says that uh, it is free for all. So it's great for net neutrality, uh, this entire uh, set of tools.
0: Yeah, again, net neutrality is something that uh, has been a big issue in the US especially with uh, RIA and the NPA organizations have been sort of
1: using this tool to reduce piracy. Yeah. And yeah net, net neutrality is essentially about, uh, I mean, it's a very complex issue here, but uh, the point ISPs have to make is that, uh, I mean, like there are certain uh, services and sites which uh, consume disproportionately large quantities of data as opposed to other websites. Yeah. So, I mean, they say that uh, because of the YouTube, their pipes get choked and therefore YouTube should pay them extra.
0: Okay. I thought, I thought it, it was something else. It, I thought that YouTube, the traffic coming from YouTube, will get a reduced preference when it comes to packaging. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah so it's
1: either that or that. I mean, so either YouTube, YouTube pays them extra to carry content, or so. So it essentially is like a bandwidth tax. Right. Or if they don't pay them, then they start throttling bandwidth yeah So that, that's what they do typically with BitTorrent because I mean BitTorrent being an open thing uh, and not being uh, I mean controlled by a single corporation they can freely throttle BitTorrent traffic irrespective of what it is being used piracy or no piracy
0: you, you got to pay up if you want the proper services huh? this is protection money yeah, this is protection money
1: <laughs> but I really want uh, I mean some sort of a standard to emerge here uh, because I mean uh, net neutrality has been a seriously contentious issue hmm. and ISPs have been very shady about this as you never know which ISP is blocking traffic which ISP is not blocking traffic, most of them are like not reachable, you can't talk to them and there is no clear way to find out what is happening. Do you think, so, do you think mean, this, I, this is happening in India? I don't think Indian ISPs have really woken up to the, I mean, realization that uh, uh, they can make money by using this, this tactic. But,
0: I mean, <laughs> they're, this just not, they're just not aware <laughs> of uh, this, way, this revenue stream,
1: is it? <laughs> Yeah, they aren't aware of this revenue stream. <laughs> but I'm sure this will happen, I mean, in years to come, as broadband becomes more popular in India.
0: Yeah, well sometimes Ignorance is a bliss So let's count on that for now Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah
0: Okay, so I think That's about it Those were the topics That we had Let's see Let's see how people Respond to this Hope uh, people like Let's uh, And we are going to do this On a weekly basis Right, Saket?
1: Yeah, I think we'll do this Every Sunday So uh, you should look out to a new Tekka Masala podcast uh, at the beginning of every week and uh, be updated on what happened uh, across the technology segment uh, for the past week
0: that's awesome that's awesome and next time onwards we'll also try to cover a few more India centric stories right now I mean these stories were Google, Microsoft, Yahoo related which are accessed globally probably one of the things that we'll start doing is talk about some of the new uh, startups in India or something like that I don't we'll just see how the podcast evolves over time
1: I'm sure the content of this podcast would uh, definitely be shaped uh, over a period of the next couple of weeks and we might have a clear offering uh, available after that. Yep. Uh,
0: so that's about it. Don't forget to comment on our website and also subscribe to this podcast via iTunes or via Google Reader or what, whatever you use and make sure you tune in every week. It's about it from my side. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you everyone. 안녕하세요. 네,